Life Spring number 141, The Thrush and the Cuckoo. <laughs> what could that be? How you doing? Of course, if you're a bird watcher, you might know what the thrush and the cuckoo is. Of course, there's a hint for you. <laughs> Hello there. Hitting you right between the ears with a message of hope, love, and good news. This is LifeSpring, and I am Steve Webb, your host. we got a full show today. I had a conversation this past week that I'm going to talk to you about. And let's see, I've got some emails, some voice messages, and uh, let's see, what else am I going to share with you? Oh, and maybe one or two other things. I'm very tired right now, but I'm ready for the show. I'm tired because I have been doing some construction on the landscaping. I've got a sore finger, I'll tell you about that too. Well, we'll get started in just a moment, but I'd like to encourage you to check out the AMD banner that you'll find on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. AMD's got some very cool free software that I'm sure you're going to find very handy indeed. How about free online backup of 25 gigs of your pictures, music, or whatever? 25 gigs free online storage. Check it out. You'll see the banner on my show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. Okay, so let's get on with the show. This is David Dowlin. Take this. 
Savior said, I want all to come unto me. To help you break away from that sin that fools you win and be your very best friend. I, I speak these words to you because you need to hear what I'm saying. It's really time to quit playing, son. So get on your knees and take some time to pray. I'm giving your life to death. Did you know that there really are cuckoo birds? Everybody's seen the cuckoo clock, but there really is a cuckoo bird. Now, something about the cuckoo bird that you probably didn't know is that it never builds its own nest. It flies around until it sees another nest with eggs in it and no mother bird around. The cuckoo quickly lands, lays its eggs there, and flies away. Well, in the case I'm talking about right now, the cuckoo laid the egg in the nest of a thrush. The thrush is another kind of bird. Well, when the mother thrush comes back, not being very good at arithmetic, she gets to work hatching the eggs. She doesn't notice that there's a new big egg there. Well, what happens? Well, four little thrushes hatch, but one large cuckoo hatches as well. The cuckoo is two to three times the size of the thrushes. Well, when Mrs. Thrush brings to the nest one large, juicy worm, she finds four little tiny thrush mouths and one cavernous cuckoo mouth. Guess who gets the worm? Sure, a full-sized thrush ends up feeding a baby cuckoo that is three times as big as it is. Well, over time, the bigger cuckoo gets bigger and bigger, and the little thrushes, well, they get smaller and smaller. You can always find a baby cuckoo's nest. You walk along a hedgerow until you find dead little thrushes, which the cuckoo throws out one at a time. Paul teaches in Romans 8, verses 5 through 8, that spiritually speaking, you've got two natures in one nest. The nature that you go on feeding will grow, and the nature that you go on starving will diminish. I had a conversation this last week that I'd like to talk to you about for a few moments. I got a phone call from a man that I met about 13 years ago. He's about five years younger than me, and he comes in and out of my life every once in a while. We have a few things in common, but in most things we are worlds or even universes apart. Why? Well, because I decided when I was in my mid-teens that I wanted to follow Jesus and feed the spiritual nature. Now, I have to make very clear here that I haven't in any way been perfect in that effort. Sometimes I've gotten way off track. But because of that decision that I made as a young teen, God has been forgiving and faithful even when I was not. The spiritual side 
has always won out. I have never just stayed in that situation where I'm doing my own thing. Well, on the other hand, this man with whom I had this recent conversation has lived the exact opposite kind of life. During his first 35 or so years, as far as I know, he had nothing to do with God. He became a violent, alcoholic, drug user, and he eventually ended up in prison for several years. It was there that he came face to face with the fact that he needed to change. And during one of my visits to him while he was doing his time, he said something about the contrast between my life and his, how I had a beautiful family and a house, and while I'm about five years older than he is, he looks way older and worn with scars on his face and body from the many bar fights that he's been in. Now, he brought this up to me. I didn't, I didn't bring it up to him. Even his voice is old and gravelly. His larynx is shot from years of drinking and smoking all manner of things. I had to acknowledge that he was right about those things that he had observed. And then I told him that it was all about choices, not happenstance. Being a drug user and an alcoholic, he was very much in the mindset of a victim. He spoke as if all these bad things had happened to him, as if he had no responsibility for the fact that we were having this conversation with a very thick pane of glass between us, and that when our conversation was over, I'd be going out to my car and driving home, and he would be walking back to his cell. I told him that, by and large, the difference between us had more to do with the fact that I had decided to follow Jesus very early in my life, and he had decided to follow the example of our Father. Yes, you heard right. I said that he had decided to follow the example of our Father. This man that I've been talking about is my brother. Half-brother, actually. My mother divorced our father when I was three years old because this man was an alcoholic and he cheated on her lots of times. I didn't learn this until much later in life, but at the time of the divorce, he had gotten another woman pregnant, and the baby that was born was my brother's older sister. My brother was born a couple of years later. Their mother put up with my father's selfish and destructive lifestyle for a, for a long time, for many years. Long enough for my brother to grow up thinking that this was the way that a man was supposed to behave. He wanted to grow up to be just like dad. Well, I was raised in a different kind of home. It was not a Christian home, but neither was it a home filled with alcoholism and the like. I was taught the difference between right and wrong, and that the kind of friends you choose is important. Well, thank God, one of the friends I chose, his name is Dell, invited me to church one day when I was about 15 years old. I kept going to church with him because there were some cute girls in the youth group, and the youth leader had fun things for us to do. And then one Sunday morning, in the middle of the pastor's sermon, I came to realize that while I believed that Jesus was who he said he is, that he is the Son of God, that he lived a perfect, sinless life, that he died on the cross for my sins, and that he rose from the grave three days later, all of that I believed in my head. I never made it personal. I knew of Jesus, but I had never actually gone to him and said, thank you for dying for me. Please forgive me for my sins. Please make me yours. Please be in my life and show me what you want me to be. Well, it was from that point on that I began feeding the part of me that wants to follow God more than the part of me that wants what the flesh wants. Now again, don't misunderstand. I don't always get it right. Sometimes I decide that I'm going to do it my own way. Sometimes I choose to do the wrong thing on purpose. I know it's wrong when I make the choice, but I do it anyway. There's a guy in the New Testament by the name of Paul. He wrote about the same sort of behavior. He said this in Romans chapter 7. 
I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong, and my bad conscience shows that I agree that the law is good. But I can't help myself, because it is sin inside me that makes me do these evil things. This is still Paul talking here. I know I'm rotten through and through, so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. But if I'm doing what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing it. The sin within me is doing it. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another law at work within me that is at war with my mind. This law wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Thank God, the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. All right, so that was Paul. So what is sin? Sin is doing what you know is wrong. Sin is going against what is right. The thing is, when I do that, I create this huge conflict within myself, just as Paul was talking about. Now, listen, this is the important part. The thing is, when I do sin, this huge conflict happens within me. Some people call it a guilty conscience, and that's probably a good name for it. When that happens, I'm compelled to go to my knees and ask God to forgive me yet again. And here's the good news. 1 John 1.9 says, If we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, He won't let us down. He'll be true to Himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. See, God understands this dichotomy that lives within us. God understands when we sin. He doesn't like it, but He's made provision for that, and He does forgive us. And so, When I go to him and ask forgiveness, the spiritual side is strengthened. It's like that's being fed again. So anyway, back to my brother. When he was in prison and when I told him what the difference was between the two of us, he decided that he was going to turn his life over to Jesus. And he was great when he was in prison. He did it. He read the Bible. He studied the Bible. But when he got out, he went right back to the old ways. I told him that when he got out, he needed to not go back to the place where he had lived before because that's where all the old friends were, bad influences, but he didn't do it. He decided that he was going to start feeding the wrong side and the spiritual side just withered away. So where's my brother today? Well, he's out of prison, but he continues to feed not the spiritual, but the flesh. The last several times he's phoned me, he's been drunk. I continued to try to tell him that Jesus wants to help him rebuild his life But he's convinced that he is too far gone. That's not true. But as long as he feeds that side, he's unable to hear the truth. Well, I haven't given up on praying for my brother because I know that God does love him and that all he has to do is decide to give up on trying to control his own life. But it's his decision. Now listen, I'm no better than my brother, not at all. I know that I have the same makeup as he does. All the things that have ruined his life are within me. If it were not for God's presence in my life, I could see myself going the same way as he has. I'm not better, but I am blessed. Blessed because God gave me the faith to say yes to him on that day in that little church when I was a teenager. And he's given me the faith to continue to walk with him 
even when I take the occasional fall. Better? No. Blessed? Yes. And so can you be. Don't fall into the trap of believing the lie that you can't ask God to forgive you. Jesus died so that your forgiveness is guaranteed, but you have to accept it. You have to receive it. Just like a meal. A starving man can be given a meal, but he has to receive it. He has to eat it for it to do any good. Same with God's forgiveness. You have to accept it. You have to receive Jesus into your heart and life. Acknowledge that you've sinned, that you are unable to run things in your own life, that you don't want to live this way anymore, and that you want Him to give you a new start. He'll do it. I guarantee it. Chances are your life won't miraculously transform overnight. But as you begin to follow Him, that spiritual part of you will begin to grow. And you'll soon find that you truly are a new person. As it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Don't put it off. Don't make any more excuses. You know it's what you need to do. Do it today. Do it now. If you need more information, if you'd like to talk to me about it, you can email me at steve.lifespring at gmail.com or you can call the listener comment line at 206-350-CALL. Come on, let me hear from you. And speaking of the listener comment line. Hello, Steve. It's John Kasunik. Hey, John. Uh, from Overland Park, Kansas. Cool. A suburb right outside of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to uh, encourage you, man, to keep on going. I tell you, your, your mm. podcast has helped me so much, man. I've been listening to you for a little over a year. and uh, Thank you. I just responded to more and more and more. You know, Life Spring is, is awesome, man, and you know, it really is a God thing, everything you do there. And I just wanted to encourage you because of the drop-off off of after the, the whole pod show stuff. And I just believe this, that the Holy Spirit's going to allow people to see through the muck, you know, and see the light. And uh, that's really what you're part of, man, is, is spreading the light, mm. God's love through your life stream. I guess just encouragement, man. That's all I can say. Thank you. I just really, really appreciate what you do. I Thank know you. how much. I don't know how much time, but I know it takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication <laughs> to get done everything you're doing. So just keep the faith, brother. Yeah. And uh, I'll be praying for all of you guys there at Livestream. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, John. Oh, and and yes, I was. Yeah. Uh, I lived in uh, Riverside County oh. uh, until I was ten years old. Huh. So it's kind of home to me. It's nice hearing someone. Uh, I feel like I got a little kindred there. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, thanks a lot, man. Thank you, John. Well, I'll be praying for you. God bless you. Well, I got to tell you, John, it was pretty warm here today in Riverside. I'm not sure exactly how hot it was, but I was working outside doing some of that construction that I'll be talking to you about in just a few minutes. And uh, yeah, it, it was hot. And we got some email this week. Let me read a couple of them for you here. One of them is from Corey. Corey has been listening to LifeSpring, well, almost since the very beginning. He said, Brother Steve, it's been a while. Life has been full speed ahead here. I haven't been able to listen to a cast in a month or more. Finished 140 and three-fourths through 139. Sounds like you're going in the right direction. I'll be praying for you. Thank you, Corey. I appreciate that. And then I got an email today from Dave. Dave's been listening to the show almost since the beginning as well. 
And part of his email says, as Christians, we can exist in the world as loving examples of godliness in a crazy world without getting all caught up in living like the world. I think it's important for all Christians to maintain and develop new relationships with non-Christians. How else would they come to know Christ? And you're exactly right, Dave. We have to maintain our contact with people inside and outside of the church. So he says, take care. I'm still here and still listening. I appreciate that, Dave. And now opening up a new subject, I would like to get your input on this. This comes from Joe. He says, hello, Steve. I have an idea for a new member of the LifeSpring Podcasts. LifeSpring Podcast Express, or that would be the working title. In this show would be a summary of the LifeSpring Podcast fit into about five to ten minutes for those people who do not have 40 minutes a week. I'm not one of those. I'm just thinking on a keyboard. Well, Joe, you know what? That could be a good thought. What do you think? Would you like to see kind of a... uh, a condensed version of the LifeSpring podcast. We'd still do LifeSpring, but do a condensed version. Now, i got to say, I'm not sure that I would have time to do it. Uh, you do about a 5- to 10-minute show that's going to actually take um, 45 minutes to an hour to produce, at least the way I produce things. So I don't know. But you know what? If you have an interest, if you think that you'd like to see that, if you just don't have time for the 40 minutes, let me know. And uh, Joe, you know, if uh, if it turns out that uh, people really like this and we're going to go for that, then uh, <laughs> maybe I'll hire you as an intern to condense the show for me. <laughs> Let me know. Steve.LifeSpringAtGmail.com or the listener comment line 206-350-CALL. And over the weekend, I was planning on doing a weekend music show as per usual. But with this project that I have going that I'm going to be telling you about in just a minute, I just didn't have time. And so I was planning on saying happy birthday to Don in Canada on the music show. So I'm going to say it now. Don in Canada, happy birthday to you, my friend. Don is a MySpace friend. So if you want to see Don, go to uh, my MySpace page and and, uh, wish Don happy birthday as well. And so what's going on in my life this week? I've got a goal this week. I need to get the tile completed on the front patio. As you know, I poured concrete out there a few weeks ago, but I got sidetracked and I didn't get back to it right away. But I do want to have it completed by July 4th. Included with a front patio is a fire pit, which I spent the past two days building. It's gas, and I installed the gas line three or four years ago when I built the pool. Well, it's good to finally have it almost done, I have to say. Uh, it's, <laughs> it feels really good. It'll be even better when I get it completely finished because I've got some lumber and some other supplies in the backyard that I'm going to finally be able to get rid of. So that's going to be great. And then, of course, while I was laying the block for the fire pit today, I hit my left middle finger with a hammer. Hard. <laughs> really hard. You should see it. It's, I'm looking at it here. It's swollen, and it's about 20% bigger than normal, and it's bruised. And, oh, man, did I mention that it's sore, like really sore? It's a real joy to use the keyboard on the computer right now. You know, that finger is the one that is responsible for the E, D, and C. Do you realize how often those three letters are used, especially the E? Oh, well, I guess that's all part of the territory, but, yeah, well, we'll get over it. So all that to say that... Podcast production will be a little bit slow for the next week or so. That's that's why I didn't get the music show out this weekend. Um, but of course, the LifeSpring Family Bible will continue to be produced every single day because I just have to do that. That's what I do. Um, we're only going to get through that Bible if we read through it every single day. So I'm out of here for now. It's late and my finger hurts. And oh, I did not 
cuss when I hit it, really. <laughs> Music today was David Dowlin. Links to the song will be on the show notes page at lifespringpodcast.com. And hey, listen, I love to get your email at steve.lifespring at gmail.com, and I love your voice messages even more at 206-350-CALL. Let me know what you're thinking, and thanks to everyone who wrote this week, and John, thank you for your voice message. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter your age, your sex, or your station in life. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Life brings about answering that question and the question of how and why the answer can and does affect your life today. Want to know more? Write to me. I guarantee I'll answer. I'll see you next time. I'm Steve Webb. God bless you. This has been an In Touch Productions podcast. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. 